We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is September 11th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, Germany are the champions of the world. World champs. World champs. Can't, I mean, I can't, we can believe it, but it, it didn't seem, you know, after they beat USA, which will break down, you know, here, but it didn't seem like it was super obvious. It was going to happen, obviously. Even going in today, uh, you could not you know, underestimate Serbia and what they've done to get to the final. But for it to come to fruition, Franz Wagner, Moritz Wagner, get that cup, world champions, congrats to Germany and to them. It's an incredible accomplishment. Seeing those guys celebrate together and, and just some of the, the interviews and, and things that have happened, you know, since the game, like Franz and, and Mo Wagner especially are just like, in disbelief you know they grow up as these kids in germany loving basketball growing up you know idolizing dirk obviously and now being professional basketball players and playing in euro basket last year winning the bronze but this year having the chance to bring germany its first ever world cup i know we're going to talk about germany versus usa but franz shared this video of these kids, I'm assuming are in in school in Germany, watching them, you know, clinch the the final berth over Team USA and just celebrating, and like they those two guys, Franz and and Mo, you know, Franz especially because you know he is officially the face of of German basketball moving forward. I think kids are going to grow up idolizing Franz Wagner, and it's going to inspire like a whole new generation of German basketball players. You know, I think that's just sort of the the way that these things go naturally. You know, ten years ago, did a, a ton of people in you know the the U.S. care about soccer? No, but you know, the the you know, World Cup. I don't was it 2012 or was it 2016? I'm trying to remember the you know I believe we will win that you know U.S. men's national team. That shows you just how closely I follow soccer. I don't know what year that World Cup was, but like since that time to now. Like 
most people that I talk to at some level are interested in the U.S. men's and women's national teams when it comes to soccer now. So it just shows you like the U.S. didn't even really have like a, a super deep run in a, in a World Cup, you know, really just yet. And, uh, you know, it, it just shows you that one run like that, especially winning the FIBA World Cup can have a, a huge impact. So it's a lot of fun watching that game. We'll, we'll break it down and, and everything like that. Uh, we definitely need to mention, you know, today is, is 9-11, an awful, tragic day in our, our nation's history. It's crazy to think that now it's been 22 years since then. And as always, you know, just this country is not perfect, definitely has its flaws, but we are absolutely fortunate to live here and, um, you know, appreciate, you know, everybody, you know, in this country, you know, that, um, you know, we all have our differences and everything like that. But when I think of 9-11, I just think back to like how like unified everybody was during that time. I know I was young. I know you were super young. But uh, yeah, you know, like always, just hug your loved ones today. Don't take people for granted. Okay, so we do have a, a couple of housekeeping items here. We talked about this on the last episode, but uh, we're doing a group night. So the Magic, as everyone knows, we've talked about this a good bit. They only have one national televised game, like a real national televised game. NBA TV does not count. The Magic are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder on February 13th. In Orlando, that game is going to be on TNT. So we are doing a group night that night. I think we're, we've have close to like a hundred lower bowl seats reserved. Uh, we don't have that link just yet, but we know that this is going to be like a high demand thing. We wanted to put it out there to get people prepared for that. So as soon as we have that link, we'll be pushing that everywhere, promoting that. But this is a, a great opportunity to show the world that. Orlando has real diehard fans and this is going to be an opportunity for the magic to take advantage of like the national stage and really put a lot of people on notice. So be on the lookout for that Luke that night. I already it's five months away and I, I, I can't wait. Well, it, we, as we get obviously closer to that date, it'll be incredible and awesome. But I will also say we're, under like we said last episode we're, we're under 30 days away from orlando magic media day i believe we're under 30 days at this point from preseason starting correct me if i'm wrong but uh we're we're getting close to everything and that really is my point and these months are going to start flying by magic basketball the holidays so once we put that link out make, make sure you set your money aside it's not going to be anything crazy. Like we're we're going to the idea is to give you guys a great group rate for tickets that you normally can't get these tickets for this cheap. So we hope that you'll join us, save those pennies, and we'll see you guys out there because time will start to fly here. We don't want you guys to miss it and kind of get lost in the holidays and everything. We'd love to see you guys there and we think that we can, you know, use all of these seats. We know that you guys will be ready for them. We did a good number for a preseason game. So I know you guys will will show out here for this regular season game. If I I'm very hopeful, but if I had to guess, I would say that these tickets are going going to go pretty quickly. Just given you know the event, we're getting a ton of people together. It's on TNT. It is going to be super affordable. So just be on the lookout because I I do think once that link goes live, I've already had probably 15, 20 people tell me like, hey, like. You guys need to let us know when this, as soon as this happens, because people want to be there. We have people that are going to be traveling 
from out of the country, from out of the state and everything. So it's going right. to be a ton of fun. Absolutely can't wait for that. And, you know, not to not to bury the lead here, but obviously Germany winning the World Cup, you know, on Sunday is a massive deal. We have a very special guest coming up later in the episode. We had a great conversation with our old friend, Terrence Ross, the Human Torch. I, I know we're going to talk about the interview after we play the interview, Luke, but like the one thing that I just is so endearing to me about Terrence, amongst other things, is just how candid he is. You ask him a question, he's going to tell you exactly how he feels. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. And he's just going to, it's unadulterated Terrence Ross, this interview. And it was just a ton of fun. And we appreciate Terrence taking the time. Yeah, absolutely, man. He was uh, a, a lot of fun as always. And it weird to talk to him now that he's not a, a member of the Orlando Magic, but he will forever be the human torch. It was sad in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. hearing him talk about the team in, in such a like positive light. And you could almost feel like he, he's trying to make sure he doesn't say we. And now that he's saying like they and, yeah. you know, the magic instead of us, it doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Yeah, it's how the NBA goes, how careers go, unfortunately, and timeline just didn't add up. I mean, he, he, you know, we won't talk too much more about the interview before we actually get into it, but it's alluded to, right? Like we under, he understands the business of the game. Well, we recorded this Friday afternoon or we recorded it Friday afternoon. We started to talk a little bit about the UFC and now all of that has happened. And my favorite fighter, Israel Adesanya has now lost the middleweight title to Sean Strickland. So just be prepared for that. Like we, we were like, oh, he's going to have no problem with Sean Strickland, and then he goes and loses the freaking title. So there's nobody that is more dangerous than the guy that's got nothing to lose. Sean Strickland had nothing to lose and everything to gain, and he couldn't believe he won based on everything we've seen. So hats off to Sean Strickland, a little, little quirky dude, but uh, UFC is an incredible sport that can't be replicated. That's for sure. So we've got some basketball to talk about. There's been uh, some FIBA World Cup games. We've already talked about Germany you know, winning the World Cup. We just couldn't hide our excitement and, and eagerness to talk about that. But before Germany got to the final and won the final, they had the massive showdown against Team USA on Friday. Germany coming out with the 113 to 111 win. These teams, Luke, I mean, from a talent perspective, We've talked about this all tournament with the USA. The USA is so much more talented on paper than all these other teams. But we said, do not overlook Germany. And they had like guy after guy after guy step up in this game. Both teams could not miss. I mean, USA, 58.5% from the floor. Germany, 57.7% from the floor. And you can tell by the final score, 113 to 111. What this game came down to, and it did come down to the wire, Luke, for me, offensive rebounds, 12 for Germany, 7 to the U.S. Uh, Germany out-rebounds the U.S. 30 to 28. But again, it's that those five offensive rebounds, those five additional possessions. Germany just ends up with more possessions in this game than the U.S. U.S. 38 for, you know, 38 for 65, and Germany was 41 of 71 like that to me you look up and down the rest of the stat sheet here these teams were so evenly matched neither team could stop the other but the offensive rebounds three for daniel tice two for Johannes team those that was really the the difference in the game luke the the biggest thing for me it, it kind of resides in what you mentioned on the front of that that 
Germany has 25 second chance points in this game to USA's eight. That can't happen, especially against a team like Germany who will make you pay. This isn't a team that you play in the, you know, in the, in the group rounds. That's just a mediocre team. This is a team in the knockout stages looking to get to the final to win their first ever World Cup. And they are able to capitalize. And so they did super well, obviously. I mean, USA only lost by two. It's not like they were trash, but you letting them put up 113 points. So second chance points have a lot to do with it. I'm watching this game, right? It's like it tips off at 840 or whatever it was. And I'm locked into it as most Magic fans probably were, we would hope for the sake of what it meant for the Magic players in general and what they'd get to experience. I couldn't believe it. Just Germany would get, you know, you know, punched in the mouth briefly. Germany would come right back. USA would do get the same, do the same. Just a really awesome back and forth. And my favorite game of the tournament, obviously. But I, I couldn't believe that Germany actually held on. There were so many points. Where I was like, oh, they're unraveling. They're unraveling. They're going to lose it. And they hold on. And Franz Wagner helping lead that charge. Couldn't be prouder of him, obviously. Franz with 22 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Dennis Schroeder, bounce back game. We talked about the the four, you know, for 26, uh, you know, in their their previous game against Latvia. He bounces back, 17 points, nine assists in this game, seven of 13 from the floor. But the TCL player of the game for Germany, really the the MVP. I don't want to say unsung hero because they literally tackled this guy at the conclusion of this game after the final buzzer. My boy, Andreas Obst, 24 points, four of eight from behind the arc, eight of nine from the free throw line, and added six assists. I don't know in the, I don't know, what did, what did we watch? Probably six or seven Germany games last summer, seven in the tournament, maybe five. So, like, I don't know, 17, 18 games now that I've watched from this German national team over the course of the last you know year plus. I don't ever remember Andreas Obst playmaking and setting his teammates up the way that he did in this game. And closing minutes, I think Germany's up by three. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Schroeder that found Obst in the corner. Halliburton is trailing. Obst had already hit three threes in this game. Obst hits Halliburton with one of the nastiest pump picks I've ever seen. Now, I think Halliburton hit like a slick spot on the floor because he just slides out of the frame and Opes knocks down the three to go up six. And that was when I was like, they're going to do it. They're they're going to win this game. And, you know, we talk about, we're going to keep talking about Germany winning the World Cup. But when I saw plus 2,500 and your boy cashed out, turned $20 into $500 on Germany winning the World Cup. But I, I just knew that if everything broke right for Germany, they had a real chance to win this this tournament. Obviously, no Jokic. Massive deal for Serbia. It really feels like if Jokic had played, Serbia might have run away with this entire tournament. No Giannis Antetokounmpo for Greece. Obviously a big deal. No Goran Dragic. I think they had somebody else tear their ACL of uh, uh, Slovenia. So... Everything had to break right. Franz Wagner goes out after the first game against Japan, misses four games, comes back, has two awesome games against the U.S., against Serbia. 
but like everything that we said was going to be the issue with the U.S. really proved to to be the issue in this game. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about the third place game, USA versus Canada, but just the poise from Germany, the depth, and like guys just stepped up in every single one of these games, especially the games without Franz. And it was just a really, really fun game to watch. And in the U.S. Came out on top over Germany, or you, or Germany came out on top versus the U.S. Germany didn't didn't cash me five hundred, but they did help me in a little two teamer. I already was taking Kansas Jayhawks in football that night because I'm a degenerate. And after seeing, you know, I woke up that morning, I was excited about the game, obviously, and I was like, I'm just gonna do it. Germany was like plus four hundred, so. I put like only 15 on this Germany Kansas money line parlay. It cashes like 117 bucks or something like that. It wasn't 500, but it was enough to get your boy excited. And and it was a lot of fun. It was a fun day. Turn it into a fun weekend. And uh then we we get to see, well, I didn't personally get to watch the Germany game the final against Serbia today um as I was in church getting updates. I was looking, you know, scrolling on my ESPN app, just refreshing, seeing what the score was. And uh, man, I, what a what a weekend of basketball, that's for sure. So my family, we drove to church this morning. My wife and mother went inside to serve in kids ministry. I sat in the van and watched Germany <laughs> yeah, did. versus Serbia. I had to. Not not only because like the money, like I, I would have wanted to watch this game regardless, but like, you know, we I did my best to cover all throughout the entire tournament is like, what am I not all of a sudden going to cover the final where we have a magic player playing two magic players playing in the final. So I kind of felt obligated to do that, but I did. I was like, God, please forgive me. You you understand, <laughs> you you know, my heart's in the right place here. You know, I'm just trying to watch some ball. I'm going to go in and enjoy second service. I'm going to have my hands up worshiping you, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, yeah, I had to, I had definitely had to watch this game yeah. on the other side of the bracket in the semifinal, uh, Serbia, Took care of Canada, ninety-five uh, to eighty-six. Bogdan Bogdanovich was awesome. Twenty-three points, eight of twelve from the floor. Added four rebounds, three assists, and also three steals. And yeah, R.J. Barrett, high score for Canada going into the semifinal. That's just probably not going to be good enough. And then it was USA versus Canada in the bronze medal game, the third place game. I was up late watching UFC Saturday night. I knew I was going to have a long Sunday. I wasn't about to go to bed at 1 a.m., wake up at 4.30 to watch this bronze medal game, especially when I found out Paolo wasn't playing, Brandon Ingram wasn't playing, Jaron Jackson Jr. was not playing all three of those guys out with some kind of you know res- upper respiratory illness or whatever is going on. USA loses 118 to 127 to Canada in overtime. USA was down 13 in the first quarter, Luke. They came all the way back, took the lead in the second, but found themselves down two at the half, down nine late in the third, and then into the fourth quarter. They come all the way back. Mikhail Bridges is fouled uh, down four with 4.2 seconds left, makes the first free throw. Misses the second one on purpose. It was probably the cleanest. You've seen teams try to do this, right? 
where you're you're down three with just a second left or whatever, and you're going to try to you know miss the the free throw and and get the rebound and put it back in. Never seen it executed as well as Mikhail Bridges was able to do this. Runs behind Serbia, grabs the ball, gets to the corner, plants his feet, just turns around, throws up a prayer, makes it with I believe like point two seconds left. They go into overtime, and then it was all Dylan Brooks, all Shea Gilgis Alexander. It was too much for the U.S., and they're outscored, what was it, 16-7 to in overtime. And the U.S. failed to medal in the FIBA World Cup, Luke. I hate that it was Dylan Brooks. Scoring 39 I, points, by the way. Scoring 39 and then going on to talk about how he's embracing this villain role like Kobe found the Black Mamba type persona. And he's like, I guess this is my persona. Do you mean after he was playing victim, after they lost to the Lakers, claiming that fans and the media made him the villain? When he coined the nickname Dylan the Villain? Yeah. This guy's... All-time front runner, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, all-time corny, cringy. Can't believe that the U.S. let him have 39 on one of his more efficient nights probably of his career going 66% from the field. Hats off to him, I guess. Seven of eight from three. I'd much rather give Shea Gilgis-Alexander some praise here. Obviously, you know he's, he's able to 11 of 20 from the field, gets to the free throw line, hits all eight of his free throws. I It is unfortunate to lose this game solely because of my disdain for Dylan Brooks, to be honest with you. Obviously you don't have, you know, uh, Paolo Bancaro in this game due to what illness, right? was what, uh, what it's been for him and uh, Brandon Ingram, not playing, you know, not that he, you know, really did much for you. Jaron Jackson jr. Doesn't play in this one. Unfortunate not to meddle in this one. I choose to I choose to reflect more on Germany winning winning this uh, this World Cup for sure. Well, Paolo and Jaron Jackson Jr. arguably like two of the top three or four defenders, at least the way that they've performed throughout the international cycle in the World Cup. But defense, the, the last couple of games against Germany, against Canada, absolutely the issue. You give up 127 points uh, to Canada. You let Dylan Brooks hang 39. In 42 minutes, 12 of 18 from the floor, 7 of 8 from behind the arc. He added 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal, 2 blocks. The The game of Dylan Brooks' is life. like the Literally the, the biggest game, maybe not the biggest game of his life, but probably the best game of his life. Just a, a great performance from Dylan Brooks. As much as you hate to say it, you got to tip your hat to him. But now that this international cycle is over for the U.S., we all knew that this was not the best of the best that the U.S. could send, right? Now everyone's going, "Oh, look at Noah Lyles! Like he looks right." Blah, blah. No, I don't want. I don't want to hear any of that crap because this was not the best of the best that Team USA could send. And it, to me, it's an issue just with like American basketball culture, culture around Team USA, culture around the NBA. You look at all these other countries. Every team is sending their best. They don't have the talent pool that we do. That is correct. But, you know, yes, they would have loved to have Nikola Jokic, Serbia, right? Greece would have loved to have Giannis. Those guys sat for different reasons. 
Jokic is you know resting after a long season. Giannis is out with the the knee procedure. But we do not prioritize winning at the international level the way these other countries do. You 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 see the the reaction to Serbia losing in the final and guys sitting there like um Nikola Jovic literally sobbing after the game and what it would have meant to Serbia and to like people that live in Serbia what it would have meant to them to win the World Cup and I do think it's because we have just our our in our lifetime the US has just dominated the world like a few times over it hasn't been close so we just expect it and because we've won Olympic gold medals and because we've won, you know, FIBA World Cup championships and gold medals. It's like, oh, you know what? We, we have enough of those. It's not really that big of a deal. We still have the best players in the league. We still have the, the best league in the world. We have the best players in the world, the best league in the world, all that kind of stuff. When we're talking about, you know, the, the gap between the U.S. and the rest of the world is I don't people say that, that everyone's caught up. They haven't caught up because we're still not at this point sending our best cycle after cycle. But what I will say is if we continue to not prioritize Team USA basketball and international basketball the way that every other country around the world does when it comes to these competitions, give it another 15, 20 years. And we might we we might look back and be like, man, what what would we give to go back to the days where the U.S. was just absolutely dominating, and how much we took those days for granted? Because it is coming. If Nikola if Nikola Jokic plays for Serbia, Serbia might have just run away with this FIBA World Cup. It might not have. There might not have been a close second. That's how good you know. I think there's a lot to not having a superstar and just kind of having to you know be a, a sum of your parts and, and rallying around like, hey, we don't have our best player, but we're going to play hard. We're going to play team basketball, which is exactly what Serbia did. But I, I'm, I'm concerned about what USA basketball is going to look like in 30 years from now because nobody cares now because we always win. But 30 years from now, if we never win, people are going to be like, man, this sucks. And people are going to care more. And then we're going to look back and be like, well, Remember when they were winning, nobody cared at all. Uh, that's that's my piece. I know I know a lot of people aren't going to care about that, but it, it, to me, it sucks. I'll add to that. These teams care. These countries care way more than the U.S. does when it comes to the team because of the U.S., because of the past successes. They know we can't afford to just send whoever that wants to play and let our stars not play in these and represent our country because we need all the firepower that we can get, right? If the, if the U.S., like you said, if we go even 10 years, 20 years down the road and the U.S. isn't winning gold medals left and right and then people are starting, we need this narrative to start, right? The, the Team USA needs this narrative to start in order to get it in gear, which is they're catching up, countries are catching up on in talent, we can't easily win the gold anymore, you know, without sending the best of the best to. And it is crazy that, like, with the team that they send out, right, it has some flaws on the roster. Kerr, frankly, has some flaws in his, you know, he's stuck in his Golden State, Steph Curry, you know, that team. He's stuck in that philosophy, didn't show too much willingness to, to change things up, in my opinion. 
so I would I would say go on to say that you know you're you're getting stuck in that, and it's going to cost you. You're going to come to the point where these other countries are actually catching up when it comes to the the international stage because you're not sending your best. These they got fourth place, right? You get fourth place in this tournament with not the best of the best. It is crazy to me that you send the best of the best and they win games by 20, 30 points and it's going to be basically every game that's like that. And it is just crazy, the discrepancy in, in talent level and also chemistry. These are a lot of young guys. These are guys that haven't adapted to the international play yet and just they haven't seen as much game as in general as these veterans in the league that are stars. So you're going to get to that point. I think that's what it's going to have to get to. Where these stars at home who are arguing with Noah Lyles, right, on Twitter about, oh man, this guy's nuts saying this and doing this and whatever, right? I better go do something about it. And I think that's what we're going to get to. Enough people are going to talk crap about the U.S. getting fourth in this. And I hope that it turns around. I mean, it made me care a little bit more about Team USA basketball because transparently, I don't, I don't care that much. But I think I'm going to start to because of this and because of the narrative that's starting. And hopefully, and I, I will be, I, I, who knows, maybe I'll order a, an American flag in the mail if they start, if they put the superstars on the roster just so we can watch us beat everybody by 25 and so I can just sit down and just say, thank you. Thank you for, for proving the point, but you've got to play the game to prove your point. And I think that's just what these guys aren't doing. And it, hopefully they do in the next you know cycle that they, the opportunity they have. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You know, we talk about how like the U.S. still has like the best of the best, but even that is starting to shrink. Like, look at the like arguably the best four players in the NBA are Giannis, Luka, Jokic, Embiid. You know, like Jokic, uh, not Jokic, Embiid has a couple of options. Like, yeah, he could play for the U.S. He could play, um, you know, he could play for France. There's uh, there's one other African nation that he could play for, and I feel like an idiot that I can't remember right now. But he ha- he has options, right? Like, sure, play for the U.S. and that would be awesome. But like, if you just look at the world, like the world is is very much coming. You know, like 
guys that I had never heard of, like Avramovic for uh, Serbia and um, Jagars for uh, Latvia, like these guys that I've never heard of before are like going toe to toe with the best players in the world and absolutely balling. So it just, it tells me that like, yes, like the gap isn't gone, but if we don't start to care, cycle in, cycle out, like to me, it's so dumb that it's like, oh yeah, we're the, we're the U S we've won a ton. So like, we're just not going to send our best for the FIBA world cup. Like, sure. We're going to send our best for the Olympics, but like even the last couple of Olympics, like LeBron hasn't played, like didn't want to play after winning the, the title in Cleveland. And then I think in the in Tokyo, like 2021, he's coming off of like the ankle injury. And there was a, a quote that I read from LeBron, like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play with the the Toon Squad instead to go film Space Jam. I do believe LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, but you're going to make freaking Space Jam over playing in the Olympics, bro. Like what are, that to me is like it's the epitome of what is wrong with the state of, of USA basketball right now. If our very best guys be like, you know what? I've got a, you know, I've got, I think LeBron has like three, you know, gold medals at this point. And of course he's got that bronze. I, I've got a few gold medals. I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to play in the, the world cup. Like it, it's people talk about American arrogance. Like that is a prime example of that. Cause Serbia, I can tell you would absolutely kill to be able to send the amount of talent that the U.S. did and be celebrating a FIBA World Cup right now. Their fans were in the, in the crowd absolutely sobbing their eyes out after they lost to Germany today. And, man, what, what I would give, like when I, when I watch, I, part, of the, part of the thing that is so exciting to me about these international competitions is the passion that you see from fans, right? You and I are incredibly, almost unhealthily, passionate about the Orlando magic and it fires us up when we see other people that aren't as passionate as us. And when I see these international fans going crazy, these, especially the European fans, I'm like, those are my kind of people. They're painting their face. They're jumping up and down. They're screaming the entire match. They're ready to fight. Whoever like, that's what I love. And we've got, we've got fans from USA just like clapping, like, all right, guy, <laughs> you guys go and get them. Like, just drives me crazy, man. I I don't want to continue to rant about this. I think everybody knows how we both feel. Let's celebrate Deutschland, baby. Germany winning the World Cup over Serbia on Sunday morning. Just absolutely, like, it, it, I was so excited for these guys. Like, the last few minutes of this game are a blur, but this, like, really was super back and forth the entire game with Germany, especially guys like Dennis Schroeder, Johannes Voigtman, Franz Wagner making plays down the stretch. Franz wins the the TCL player of the game in the FIBA World Cup final. Dennis Schroeder wins the uh, TSO FIBA World Cup MVP, and he was fantastic in this game as well. Dennis Schroeder, 28 points, two rebounds, two assists a steal. Franz just filling the stat sheet, 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists, three steals. Wasn't, didn't have the most efficient game shooting the ball, four of 11, but 10 of 11 from the free throw line. You know, missed a couple of easy ones that, that Franz should make, but just really had a huge impact in this game. And seeing those guys celebrate, I know we talked about this earlier in the show, but 
like Mo Wagner was talking about how like you know their mom was crying after this game and, and Franz you know posting to his Instagram story holding the FIBA World Cup trophy the Naismith trophy by the way with the the net draped around his neck just like in complete amazement and he wrote what just happened like I cannot imagine growing up in Germany where basketball is not a, a massive deal there right like s- soccer is the the number one sport there right like it is in, in a ton of European countries but growing up idolizing Dirk Nowitzki playing professional basketball for Alba Berlin coming to the States playing for Michigan getting drafted to the NBA and as brothers bringing your country its first ever feeble world cup and being able to celebrate that with your family and your friends and your teammates and this I just love this freaking German team I really 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 do and I'm just so happy for them. It was so awesome for Franz to be the player of the game in the FIBA World Cup final. For anybody that had doubts about what Franz might be capable of and what his ceiling might be, like you and I have had the conversation a million times at this point, like stop putting a ceiling on Franz Wagner. And to me, it's just like, how good can this kid actually be? Especially when and if he gets it in his own mind that at most of the time, he's the best player on the floor. And there was a couple of minutes late in this Germany game where it was, okay, we need to get Franz the ball. He hasn't gotten a touch in a while. They were relying a lot on Schroeder. I know he's the, you know, the, the, the leader of this team, really. But he still has those moments where it's like, bro, you don't realize how good you are. And I'm just so proud of them. And just more than anything, I'm so freaking happy for Franz and, and Mo especially. One of my buddies the other day, Jonathan, texts me and says, after the German Germany USA game, he texts me and just says, uh, "Palo greater, or I mean Franz greater than Palo," and I said, "That's great. I don't really care. I need one of them to become a superstar, and if Franz is the one to do it, absolutely. There is a true debate." And a well-deserved debate for on Franz Wagner's behalf that he was the better, the best player on the Magic last year. When it gets down to not just when you're looking at the points that were that were output, but you look at the efficiencies and the effect on the game, those sort of things that matter. Franz Wagner absolutely has a case, and I would venture to say Franz Wagner was the best player on the Orlando Magic last year, even with Paolo advocate. It helps Paolo's being double and triple teamed, you know, on a That's on a, a nightly basis. For sure. There's you can't overlook it, but I do think there's a debate. I might side on just that Franz Wagner, uh, we've seen him, you know, handle the ball and and maybe not deal with pressure the best that we would like. He has definitely improved in that area. And maybe that they're just both best suited for their roles, as Paolo being the guy that is getting, you know, double double team looks and all of that over Franz. And we're perfectly fine with that because Franz is going to capitalize on it, right? Don't use the man that's guarding Franz to double Palo. That's for sure. So that is what I'm saying, though, is that this team, this future is so bright for this Orlando Magic team to kind of bring it back to the Magic. Franz Wagner has a chance to be very, very, very great. Palo Bancaro, much of the same. Like I said, I just need one of you. I just need one of you to become a superstar and the other one to continue you know, on your trajectory to become a respectable number two option. 
an above average number two option. That's all we need. We've talked about this. We've on and off recording. So super proud of Franz, Germany, bringing it home. Couldn't be proud of that team. I do want to say really quickly that that conversation has started to bubble a little bit on social media. And let me just tell you all, stop. It does. It absolutely does not matter. I understand we got three weeks until media day. Everybody's bored. Conversations just do not need to happen. The good thing is we have two guys on this roster who are going to be perennial all-stars. Whoever is going to be better, whoever is going to be the alpha on this team, that is all going to happen naturally. But we don't need to start having these debates amongst Magic fans of, no, Paolo's better. No, Franz is better. We, we don't need to start dividing ourselves into Paolo and Franz camp. Guess what? We have both of them on our team. They're both freaking amazing. And let's just enjoy that. Yeah, I think Which, we're conditioned way, to debate like our our player against another team's player, like Franz versus Scotty Barnes or whatever. We're not used to having two guys that are both young, both seem like the sky's the limit. We're not used to being able to do this. So we are we are learning how to have these conversations and if they're even viable conversations to have, worth it, productive, like Jonathan said, not really productive. Time will tell. And we think that both of them have a great shot. Like you said, perennial all-stars. I don't think that's out of the question. I think it's, I, to me, it's a guarantee. Like I, I strongly believe that in my little heart of hearts that it, it's mm. people can doubt, but you know, we'll see two, three years from now when both of those guys have at least one, if not multiple all-star appearances. And I do want to take a second just to give our boy Paolo a shout out. He didn't play in the third place game. Sure. Would have made a, a big difference if Paolo, Jaron Jackson, you know, any of those guys play, I think it's a different result. And I, I do think that the U.S. is able to beat Canada. But Paolo had really an incredible tournament for a, a rookie you know, coming off of his first year in the NBA, 20 years old. Like if anybody was playing outside of their role for this Team USA team, it was Paolo more than anybody. Like I really think that Paolo had to sacrifice more on this team than anybody had to. And maybe you could argue Brandon Ingram, but Brandon Ingram wasn't really impactful. So it doesn't really count as much to me. But Paolo, especially in that second unit, was like anchoring Team USA defensively. And a couple of the games for Team USA, Paolo was absolutely the best defender for Team USA. And Luke, had I told you, hey, Paolo's going to be the best defender on Team USA, we would have thought they would be swept out of the World Cup and teams would be averaging like 200 points per game against them because mm-hmm. Paolo really had shown flashes of being a great defender, but doing it on a possession-to-possession, game-to-game basis like he did for Team USA, we just did not see that. And Paolo ends up averaging 9.3 points, 3.4 rebounds, 1.6 assists, and just short of a block per game for Team USA did a great job representing our country, did a great job representing the Orlando Magic and sort of putting the world on notice that he is coming. And, you know, the the game that he had against New Zealand, like this is what this kid is capable of doing on a night in and night out basis. So I am just so grateful and so proud for for and of Paolo, Mo, Franz, even Joe Ingles, Goga Batadze, the way that they all represented the Magic in the FIBA World Cup, but especially the young guys, Paolo, Mo, Franz, just so happy, 
happy that Paolo got this opportunity. Just happy that Franz and, and Mo will have this achievement that they'll be able to celebrate not only for themselves, but for their family, for their country, for the rest of their lives. Like even if they don't go on to win, you know, an Olympic gold medal, or even if they don't win another FIBA World Cup, like they brought their country their first ever world championship in basketball. And that is something that no one will ever be able to take away from them. And I just feel privileged that we got the ability to watch these guys for the last, you know, five weeks. And it's awesome to see them win it all. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to the folks that help make each and every episode possible, our wonderful patrons. Uh, if you'd like to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the show. And we have other additional benefits as well that you can check out there if you would like. Uh, one of the benefits for our elite and Hall of Fame tier patrons is we give them a special shout out each and every episode. Give a big shout out to our boy Court Cous or boys over at Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, our boy Jay at Magic Player History, who is actually in attendance in Sydney for UFC 293. Uh, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A. Nostalgia and Eminem, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner. PB in the mix, Godi93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Folden, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Tessin, uh, Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reekin, Chahan177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prov221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid714, Spanky, Season Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Walsh, Fritz, Currency Kev, Rub Sal. And we used to have a patron that was named Franz Goaded for Show. Franz definitely is now Goaded for Show. A big shout out to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, let's get into our conversation with our boy Terrence the Human Torch Ross. All right, Magic fans, we are now joined by a very special guest and an old friend. Uh, sixth all-time in Magic history and three-point shots made. Our guy, the Human Torch, Terrence Ross. Terrence, good to see you, man. How are you? Thanks for uh, taking the time. Doing great, man. Thank you, boys, for having me back. It's been a long time, I feel like, but, uh, yeah, good seeing you guys. Yeah, so it's been, uh, you know, now about about seven months since since your time in Orlando has ended. We want to take you back to that time in, in February, you know, when the the buyout happened and and you and the Magic kind of mutually parted ways at, at that time. Obviously, your your role had changed, you know, in, in recent years with the Magic as the team just started to go in a, a different direction. But are you able to talk at all about some of the conversations that might have been happening behind the scenes and then just sort of the the decision that you and the Magic came to 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 part ways in February? Um, yeah, I mean yeah, it was it was for sure a long time coming. I felt like you know definitely being there for as long as I was. Uh, I was I was for sure the oldest guy. Uh, probably had like the longest tenure just with the organization as a whole. So uh, I, I got to see a lot of you know changes and revamps and you know rebuilds. So I felt like it was just getting to that point where you know it was kind of inevitable. I knew it was going to happen. They were just going in a different direction, and uh, you know their priorities kind of had shifted. So it was just, you know, how it is. That's how the business goes, man. Uh, 
can't be in one place forever. Not too many people have that that luxury. But um, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of you could tell that you know they were trying to go that way once you know they traded pretty much like Vooch and Evan and and Aaron. You kind of knew that like all right, that's the end of what we were trying to do, and they're trying to just restart it. So I mean, it was unfortunate. I kind of got like lost in the shuffle. Not awesome. It's kind of awesome. The sauce, really. Uh, when it comes to like shipping the rest of that regime out, so uh, I kind of just got you know, uh, I guess the short end of the stick, and you know, it's how to write it out the, the way it went. But um, you know, that's that's how it goes, man. Did you? Was there a point? Obviously, February is when everything you know becomes you know official. You said you saw it probably going that way, but when we had you on the show last year. There was a mm-hmm. lot of you just seem to exude just confidence in this team and and in the the ceiling for this team and we're excited about it. Um, I think that's something that we appreciated as the season went on that we we could still see that you had that excitement. You're up on the bench, obviously. You're cheering these guys on, even though in the back of your mind you're probably thinking, you know, I know what this means for me. Can yeah. you just talk about kind of the the love that that you still maybe have for? Orlando and and the players on the team and this roster and 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 all of that really. No, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, like even though that you know things were, were changing and I was kind of you know in the same spot, it was still I'm still still there with you know a group of guys that were good people that were you know fun to be around, like guys that you know had talent and fun to play with. So you know, and in the grand scheme of things, like you know when you break it down, like being there on a day-to-day, like, it was actually cool. Like, it wasn't too bad. Like, I had, you know, good relationships with not just the players, but, you know, everybody in the organizations from the front office to, you know, the the chefs to the trainers to just everybody in the building. So, you know, going to work, it was cool. I had always had a good time. I had a lot of relationships with a lot of people. So, you know, when you focus on stuff like that, it makes, you know, times fly by. It makes, you know, everything a little bit more enjoyable. But at the end of the day, you do realize it's a huge business and it's a organization that's trying to get better and trying to do what they feel they need to do to, to take the next step. So um, it, it, it was what it was, and I kind of accepted it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I still got to go to work, still had a group of friends I could go hang out with and still got to play ball. So uh it's just all about perspective um yeah there was times it was definitely days that were harder than you know some and it's just like i you know what it is like you know they're they're trying to figure out what they can do and how they can move into the future and knowing that like i necessarily wasn't a part of those plans like yeah you kind of sometimes can get down and get into your head a little bit but for the most part like just being around a group of guys i, I feel like if this was you know, a different team or a different group of guys with different characters and personalities like it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot less enjoyable. It could have been, you know, miserable. But seeing those guys there and kind of like, you know, seeing them take those, you know, baby steps into the league and making progression and, you know, finding their identity. Like, that's always fun to see regardless of, you know, what team you're on. Like, the process and the journey is always fun. and It's a grind. It's super long season. So to see them kind of figure it out and go through the ups and downs, like, it's always fun, man. So, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I still have, you know, good relationships with a lot of the guys and coaches on the team. So it's always, you know, it's always love when I see those guys. Darren, so you played for uh, really just three teams now, you know, Toronto, Orlando, yeah. and Phoenix. But you've been in different locker rooms in the sense of, like, mm-hmm. different iterations of those teams. And for the last couple of years now, a thing that we keep hearing about this Orlando Magic team and this organization is, 
that this group is special. And a lot of times, like every player says that about every team, like, oh, this group of guys is really great. This team is really special. But for me, at least, and I'm sure for other fans, it's kind of gotten to the point where we we literally hear that from everyone again and again and again to the fact that like it, it seems really authentic. Can you just talk a little bit about like what actually makes this team and this iteration of this team special? Honestly, to keep it short and simple, what makes the Orlando Magic special, especially going to the future, is that you guys have Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, and Wendell Carter. And with those three, I feel like they're going to spearhead, you know, the the driving force that is the Orlando Magic. Like, they're young. They have a lot of, you know, a lot of gain, a lot of growth. I feel like, you know, just seeing Paolo go and get this type of, you know, just summer workout. Not even a, I'll call it a workout, but it's really, he just went to go play with, you know, USA. And you can't really, he's playing with the best players in the world, like best players in the NBA. Guys who in their own right are trying to take that next step. So for him to be around that environment, him and Franz, I think it's going to bring a different level of character and just confidence to this team that's already young. Because now you look at those guys, they're playing on a world stage. They're bringing so much exposure to them, to their team, to the league. I feel like in the past, we didn't always have that. Yeah, we had Vooch, and Vooch is like our one all-star, but we knew that, like, all right, that's our one all-star. The rest of us have to bring it to a level to, like, you know, kind of help him bring us to where we want to go, which is, like, you know, really kind of getting to the playoffs. But with Paolo and Franz and Wendell and Markel and Cole, like, these are guys who are literally – getting primed up to go to get ready to go into the prime in the next few years. And it's all about can the front office keep that together and can they keep those guys, you know, with the momentum to take it to where they want to see it. Because this is the most talented team that they've had in the last man, since I've been around, like before even I got here. Like we had, you know, one all-star in Vooch, but they have that chance to have three all-stars on one team. I think just their mentality and knowing them personally, I know how they approach the offseason. Like, they're going to come back so much better the next year. You can tell already the defense was unreal. Um, I, I mean, it's just the level that, of physicality that they play with each night. I think even having the chance to experience that from just the other side of the bench in Phoenix, when we played that one game, it's like, all right, it's not just Mo saying, like, we have a chance to be this good. It's like, no, nah, it's like, I'm hearing it from Monty Williams. I'm hearing it from D-Bug. I'm hearing it from all these guys. Like, all right, this is who like we perceive them to be, and it's not the same team as two, three, four years ago. So it's definitely a different vibe, and it's literally the first year. Paul just got drafted last year. had an amazing rookie year. Um, Franz took that huge step. Mo Wagner took a huge step, I feel like. Um, I mean, all those guys are getting better. You can see it across the board. And if you're not there day to day, see it like you're, you're, yeah, like we hear it every year. It's like, oh, we have a chance to be such and that. But this, I think this will be the team that will bring the excitement back to, to the city. You talk about being in Phoenix and getting to experience being, you know, on the other side of the court from those guys that, you know, in this organization that you spent so many years with. What was that like for you and, and, and maybe pinpoint some of the, the biggest maybe differences between the two organizations and experiences you had? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally just that. Like when you're with your team every day and you're, you're trying to buy into the system, you're getting 
you know, the the system drilled into your head, you, yeah, like you're going to think that, like, yeah, it's just coach talking and you have to believe it to go out there and make it work. But, like, people don't necessarily get to see the opposite side of that. Like, I know how teams perceived us a few years ago and seeing just, like, the game plan when it, came, when it comes to, you know, how they want to slow down Wendell, Franz, Paolo. It's things that, like – you know, the team, the Magic are emphasizing on. So if they're doing the right things and teams are starting to pick up on that and they're trying to figure out how we can slow them down. Even that game out in Phoenix was a close one. So, I mean, it, it, it's good to see that they're headed in that direction. It's but it, it's, gonna, it's just not even that's going to take time, but I feel like each year they're going to get better to the point where I think by this season or next season, I think people will start to believe that, oh, this is one of the top few teams or top top best young teams in the league coming into the league right now. So we'll see what happens. I really believe in those guys, but yeah, man, they're young and they, they just, they have a lot of physicality and seeing it from the other side of the coin is, is unreal. Bringing the conversation back to you specifically, Terrence, like maybe you didn't have a ton of time, like right after the moves were made because you're trying to get acclimated to a new team that was, you know, looking to be in title contention. You guys were gearing up for the playoffs. You're learning sort of what your role is on that team. Since the season has ended and, and maybe you've had a little bit more time to reflect on your time in Orlando, like what are the things that you're going to like cherish the most and, and, and like think about when you think about your time with the Magic? Um, honestly, I would just say that it's just the city really embraced me, the fans. Um, they really embraced me, let me be me. Um, I know I was always, the, you know, the streaky guy, but at the end of the day, it was always love. And uh, people always rooting for me. And being here for six and a half, seven years, like I really got to, you know, plant my roots in here and make Orlando home. And it's gotten to the point I was like, I'll probably always live here, but it's 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 such a special moment in time in my life that I'm, I think when I look back, that's going to be like where I feel like I took that next step not just like my development but like as a human being like I came here just like a young dude coming from a big city trying to figure it out and now like I have a whole family here I've been here for six years had great moments gone to the playoffs been an integral part of teams that you know went kind of not super far but we we made a push when people thought that we couldn't so those six years are always going to be special to me um I had a lot of ups and downs it's been years I was hurt it's been years I was struggling these years. I just took over. So to have that, I felt like my time in Orlando was like legit my time. And it was like probably my best stretch of my pro career. Like I love what I did in Toronto, but I felt like I didn't have the same amount of responsibilities I did there as I did here. And kind of seeing that and kind of watching each season play out, it, it's – I couldn't ask for anything better. Like I, I had fun. I did it my way. Uh I made lifelong friendships with teammates and coaches. So, I mean, you really can't ask for too much more. Looking at your your career so far, Terrence, you've obviously got the 51 points in Toronto, mm -hmm. but looking at the scoring outputs you had, the higher scoring games, like most of them across the board took place in Orlando. You had so many 30-point games in Orlando and just were such a, a bright spot for this team. Do you have any favorite moment like a favorite moment or a favorite game stretch whatever it might have been when you think about this team on the court um yeah my my favorite season i probably think of my whole career is um 2017 
2018-2019. I think it was the I just got hurt in 2017-2018 for the whole year. I was out. Um, I think I was coming up on my contract year. I was super stressed. I was I was supposed to come back after All Star in that year, but I ended up getting hurt again trying to work out. And so that kind of just put me in a really dark spot. And so that summer, I just went super hard. I was in the gym all summer, and then I came back the next year. I think, like, my breakout game was against the Sixers, and I hit, like, a, a three to, to take the lead. And I felt like from there on that I, I knew that, like, all right, I found my place. I found my home. I love it here. Like, I remember hitting that shot over in lead and then coming back in my little celebration. I was like, yeah, bro, this is – like, it felt like home, and I knew that this is where I wanted to be. And I think that's why I was so attached to it. So that stretch to, like, man – Right before that stretch, those that season, and then the season following, going into uh, the COVID season, like right before we stopped in like March or whatever the hell it was, favorite stretch of basketball, like probably in my entire life. Playing at the highest level, going out, having big scoring outbursts, leading team to the playoffs, playing with you know a teammate that went to the All Star, like it was, it was great. It was great. We talked about that shot the last time that you were on the show because you hit yeah. that shot. You come back down the other side of the floor and you slap your thighs. Yeah. The hardest I've ever seen any human being do that in my life. Yeah, sure. I remember in the moment, I'm like, bro, that has definitely ha- like got to hurt. Oh, like, it did. I, think I, I had like real thick pads on. It hurt my hands a little bit, but I had thick pads. So it was cool on my thighs. So I always wear a pad up. especially shorts. Thank God I did. Something that comes to mind, and I think not only your play on the floor, but just like your personality was so endearing to fans. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of like the the dunk that Jalen had over DeRozan, and you're just sitting on the bench, yeah. like yeah. hands over both heads, like oh my god, I can't believe that <laughs> happened. The other one I, I think is like the like the like the cringe uh, face that you gave Bradley Zill, yeah. Like when you talk about, you know, fans sort of like letting you be you, I think that was apart from, you know, what you could do on the floor, like the the shot making, like the athleticism, the, you know, the, all the things that you brought on that end. But one of my favorite things about you, Terrence, is always just like you were you, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you weren't putting on a, a show or a, a facade to try to impress anybody. You were just Terrence Ross yeah. and it, it was just so much fun. Can you talk about like some of your favorite moments Maybe off the floor. Maybe you don't have to, you know, put yeah. anybody on, on on full blast, but just some some of your favorite moments off the floor. Feel free. Me. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> off the floor, I, I would I would think just like kind of just like that year, 2017, 28 or 2018, 2019. I think that group of guys is one of my favorite teams to be around because I had like a, a a nice relationship with everybody. Like I was genuinely cool with everybody. And it's, and it's hard to find in the NBA, man. You, you get so many different teammates that come and go. And, you know, sometimes guys have egos and sometimes guys are, you know, it's not super sociable, but we had a really good team that year. And it's so funny because when we started out that year, I I did not think we were going to have as good as chemistry as we were because I knew we had Evan, Vooch, AG, myself. I knew that we're all kind of, you know, we're different. Like Vooch and Evan are the Euro guys and, they're always super old school and traditional with the way they think. So uh, I would just say, man, getting to know those guys on a personal level was great. And then on top of that was just, I know with me and Vooch and Evan, all year, they would always try to get me to come out to dinner with them and, oh, let's go eat, let's go eat, let's go eat. 
And I think like maybe halfway through the year, I I gave in to him. I was like, you know what? Forget it. We'll go eat. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And then I remember the first game that I went to go eat with him. I was like, you know what? This is a great meal. We had good wine. I was like, this is a great conversation. I laughed. The next day, I had the game where we played, like, where I hit, like, I don't know. What game was it? I think it was, like, I don't know. It was one of my 30-point games I had. Now I think, looking back, and I was like, I think it's because I was hanging out with Vujinev and our chemistry just skyrocketed 10 points, and I went out there and felt super comfortable, and I think it was just a great time, but – I just – it's the friendships, man. The friendships are always going to be the best thing. Like, on the court, it's always great. But it's it's the locker room, the camaraderie, the friendships. That's that's the thing that I'm always going to look back on. Yeah, I, well, obviously, you know, that's what we, we see from this team is that the, the, the camaraderie, like you said, the friendships that you built, I'm sure, you know, way more than any of us will ever understand because yeah. it's, you know, a lot of that is behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Is there you talk about Vooch and, and Fournier? Is there a relationship that that you built that really surprised you? With whether that be you know a certain player or a couple different players throughout the, your time with Orlando, is there one where you were just like, I don't know how we're gonna gel, but now we're best of friends and we still keep in touch, like that sort of thing. Vooch, Vooch, one hundred percent. Because I'll never forget the year I kind of came back from injury. We were playing in Philly, and. I forgot what happened. I, I think something happened. Somebody scored on me. And then Vooch had said something to me, like, in passing or something, like, during the transition, and I got mad. I remember being mad. And then I remember Embiid came down and scored on him. And so I said something to him after that. And so we were barking. I remember Cliff called a timeout. We come to the huddle. And then Vooch said something again. And then... I went up to Vooch. I was like, bro, stop talking to that. And we, we're getting into it. We're talking back and forth. And then I remember the coach having, like, like plays out, like, break us up, this and that. And then I remember right then, I was like, bro, I can't stand this dude. I cannot stand him. And then I think and, – and it's so funny because he'll tell you this, too. For, like, maybe – maybe, like, two weeks after that, like, I did not say a word to Vooch. I was so hot. Like, and because we lost that game, too, we should have won we lost, but I remember I was being mad about that. And I feel like maybe two weeks, I didn't say a word to Vooch. And then I don't know what happened. I don't know where it all changed around, but like, it must've been in the following game it's in Philly or in Orlando when I hit the shot against Philly is where everything changed. Like now after that, like we were close. And I think it's because we butted heads, like we kind of had that respect for each other. And I felt like that kind of, boosted our relationship to a whole nother level because after that man like me and Vooch we we keep in touch all the time I like Vooch lives not too far from me so I see him in the neighborhood all the time we, we go and have dinner uh I mean our kids hang out so that's he's for sure one of those one of those things where it's like it was like comfortable at first but after we kind of got past it man like me and Vooch are like this and the same goes with Evan too like me and Evan were you know Evan's a passionate dude when he speaks with conviction he 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 has his mind made up and there's nothing going against that. So I used to challenge him a lot with that. And I think us guarding each other and and going back and forth and, and all the practices, I felt like that in the same sense was kind of like boots. Like we just, we gelled after that. And after that, the three of us were, were close, man. We talked to each other. I was talking to those guys not too long ago. I see Vooch. I was hanging out with Vooch all before he had to, to go to, you know, Montenegro to get ready for FIBA. So uh, those guys are going to always be, lifelong friends and but at first 
did not see it. Did not know it was coming. I was like, you know, these these Euro guys are gonna piss me off. But now, man, I would say they're probably one of my favorite teammates in you know my whole life. Terrence, have you thought at all, or like I guess the the way that I should form this question is like, how do you want to be remembered by Magic fans when they think of like Terrence Ross playing for the Magic? Man, I mean, I just kind of like like I said, like. 2018 2019 I, I kind of want to be remembered for for that team like because that was we we didn't know we were going to play before we had a horrible season the year before and going into that year we were just up and down up and down it took a lot of belief and there was times we were like yep we're gonna tank and we're gonna be in last place and there's other times like man we just want a four-game winning streak and we haven't done that in forever so I think just the up and downs of that season and and getting out on top and making it to the playoffs and, and playing against the what would be world champs and even beating them at home in game one. Like, it, it was a crazy year. And then even just getting to the playoffs, I know we had to clinch a game. We had to, we had to win a game in Boston to clinch. And that, to me, was probably – it was unreal because me, Evan, and Vooch all had 20-plus points. And it was just like – Doing it in Boston in the Garden against a young Tatum Brown, like like it was, it was, it was legit. One of the best times, like, and I remember even going into the locker and we're all celebrating. Cliff never celebrates; he's in the back celebrating, throwing water everywhere. Like we all got the shirts on. Like it, it, it was just one of those times. Like, yeah, we didn't win the championship, but like, man, for the team that we had to do what we did against all the odds and how fucked up and crazy the season is always be special to me like that would be my piece of NBA history that will always live with me so I, if I had to remember for anything it would be that one year because I, everything was so good then and then yeah 2018-2019 that's one of my favorite magic teams of all time personally because again you guys were you know it was like 21 and 32 and then you mm-hmm. go 22 and nine or 20 and 31. And you went 22 and nine to finish the season, beat Boston, destroyed Atlanta at home. Yeah. Uh, the last home game of the season. And then, you know, DJ hits the the game winner, you know, right in, in Marcus all's face. And yeah, just awesome, awesome times. Well, that is for, for me, Terrence, that is how you will be remembered is for that 18 and 19 season. And again, like I said, just the personality that you brought mm-hmm. and, you know, the way that you always you know showed love to the city and, and to fans. I know people will never forget it. You know, people have been talking for years about, you know, lifetime contract you know, for the <laughs> fortune and you'll always be appreciated here, man. We'll always show you love and we appreciate you taking the time. I wanted to ask you, I know you're a big UFC guy. Yeah. My guy, my favorite fighter, Israel Adesanya, going to, up against Sean Strickland this weekend. I, I think I probably know how you think that's going to go, but I want to ask you anyway. How do you think that's going to go? Uh, I think Izzy is the middleweight goat. I just – he just – there's nobody – he's beaten everybody in that division almost what, twice now. So, I, I don't know. I just – Sean literally has everything to gain, and Adesanya has – it's like – playing a completed game and, and just picking a random fire to fight. Like it's, it is what it is. There's nothing left for him, but I got Izzy and however long it takes. Could be a finish. I don't think it goes a distance, but I, I got Izzy definitely winning. 
What was your reaction to uh, Izzy finally beating Pereira? Shocked. I remember I stood up. I, I literally stood up. I was sitting on the couch. I'm just watching. I'm like, okay, Izzy's against the fence. He's getting some big ones. And then I seen him throw that one, and it stumbled him. And I sat up. And then I stumbled him, just throw the next one and put him down. I stood up. I was like, no way. And to me, like, man, Izzy has a crazy story. Like, only he could become – the champion, lose it, get it back, and become twice as big. So um, that, was, that was definitely – that was a crazy knockout. I know you like Izzy. I know you like Sean O'Malley. Who's, like, your favorite UFC fighter? Oh, always will be John. John Jones will always be the GOAT to me. He's my – he's always – he's literally what got me into UFC. But right now, Charles Oliveira. Charles – John, John – Charles – and Sugar Show, those they're the most entertaining. You get a little bit of everything. You get the hands, you get the jujitsu, you get the all around dominance. So, favorite three fighters. Awesome. Well, Terrence, again, man, we really appreciate you taking the time. Always appreciate what you did, your time here in Orlando, and uh, we know it, it's not done for Terrence. We know something yeah. you know else is is on the way. So, uh, best of luck to you, to your family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. A few years from now, when you're all said and done, we look forward to seeing you at Magic Games. For sure, for sure. You see me around. Appreciate it, Terrence. Thank you, guys. As always, appreciate our guy, Terrence, for stopping by the show, taking the time. Great conversation with Terrence. I'll just forever be a fan of that guy. No matter where he ends up at his next stop, he sounds like he's going to be in Orlando for a long time. I, I can't wait for the day that Terrence Ross is back at Magic Games up on the Jumbotron, getting all the love from the fans in the arena. And yeah, we love Terrence Ross. He's he's awesome. He's every every player that we have spoken to, first of all, any player that takes the time to come on the podcast in general is usually a good indicator that they're like just very genuine down to earth dudes who we're not like obviously national media. We're we're we do well in you know our own world but we're not someone that we would think that like i wouldn't think that magic players or just nba players in general would would come on and give us the time to ask them questions talk to us like humans not just like media that's just interviewing them or whatever terrence takes the time before and after like a lot of these guys on that were on the team or are on the team before and after to just talk with us and chop it up and it's not just a Okay, I record and I'm done. We we definitely don't pay these guys to come on. <laughs> like, there's although there's we not would, really... if y'all are listening, send us the invoice. <laughs> if you have been hesitant, we will pay. You can, um, but but really, like these guys are so down to earth every time, and it blows me away that they're taking any time at all to sit down with us. So the fact that Terrence can give us whatever it was, thirty minutes of his time, which. You know, by the way, he wasn't like, "Hey, I need, I need to be out of here in thirty minutes." Like, he would have talked to us for a while, and and he was just super awesome. Couldn't be more thankful that for him, for him sharing his time with us. Just incredible episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it like we did. That's gonna do it for this one, Terrence Ross. Again, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. We really, really appreciate it. Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, world champs. Really, really happy for those guys. Again, it's going to do it for this one. Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. Thank you guys for listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya.
Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.